Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, long-awaited episode, I am so thrilled, honored, and pleased to be joined by my friend, Ellen De Silva, the head of business development at Hims and Herds, though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Ellen, you're on the pod. Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy to have you here. Any excuse to see your face and have a chat, I'll take. The feeling is mutual. It's an honor. The honor is mine. Are you ready to dive in? Let's do it. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Bets Connect, a recruiting platform unlike any other. Whether you're looking to hire the best go-to-market talent or looking for your next opportunity, Bets can help. Bets has spent more than a decade building relationships with the world's most innovative companies and professionals. And for the first time ever, you can access this network with Bets Connect. As the only go-to-market recruiting platform built by recruiters and powered by recruiters, Connect enables you to search through a network of vetted go-to-market professionals actively looking for their next opportunity and make better hires faster. In addition, Bets Connect clients the ROI within 90 days. Plus, if you're looking for your next big opportunity, you can join the Bets Network and get connected with the world's most innovative companies that are looking to hire go-to-market professionals like you. Learn more about hiring top talent or finding your next role at BetsRecruiting.com non-technical. So you are a listener of Non-Technical. You know that I now have to read your bio to give our listeners a little context on you. Which is absolutely mortifying, but go for it. (laughs) Ellen is the head of business development at Hims and Hers. She's also an active angel investor as a Sequoia Scout in seed and Series A consumer tech companies. She obtained her MBA with distinction from Harvard Business School. Prior to business school, she managed a unit of the business operations team at Twitter. Previously, she worked at Barclays Capital. She is the co-author of the book, Pitching and Closing, a guidebook to business development and revenue-generating partnerships at tech startups. Ellen DeSilva, welcome to Not Technical. Thank you, Alexis. It's so nice to see your face. I'm on the Upper West Side right now. You are not, which is sad. I actually... I'm on the Upper West Side. I'm back home after two weeks away. I literally, looking at the calendar right now, I am floored by the date. (laughs) I knew when you were coming back and I was like, there's no way that date passed. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. Well, time in the COVID era seems to be this kind of crazy continuum of nothingness. So what is a date anymore anyway? What is the date? What is time? What is time? I do not know. What are seasons? Oh my God, see All the fun existential questions. We love a good existential crisis first thing in the pod. Okay, Ellen, so I'm super excited that you and I get to sit down and talk. We are obviously friends outside of work. You are uh, friends outside of work. Oh my God. We've never worked together. Why did I say that? (laughs) We're friends outside of the professional context. Yeah, I guess that's what I meant. We're (laughs) friends in real life. You are one of my mom's favorite people, I think, at this point. I am a big, big fan of Dory's. Such a big fan. She organized the cutest video for your birthday. And that's how we became so close. She's a wonderful human. She really is. If I say like, oh yeah, I'm talking to Ellen or I'm interviewing Ellen or whatever. She's just like, oh, tell her I say hi. She's so sweet. Please send her my love. Truly. I certainly will. Big fan of a mom friend. I'm definitely friends with my friend's moms. Are you someone that's friends with your friend's parents? I think it's a very specific skill. There are two kinds of people who are friends with their friend's Mm. parents. There are the people who 
are kind of sycophants and they suck up to their friends' parents. <laughs> and then there are the people who are the actual friends of their yep. friends' parents. And I would like to think I'm the latter. I think we're all grownups at this point, so why yeah. not? But yeah, I don't know. Some people, I guess, I guess found grownups intimidating when they were younger. Well, you yourself are a mom. So someday your kids' friends might be trying to be friends with you. Mm, I am extremely uncool though, so I doubt that. But it would <laughs> it would be nice. Do you think that you are currently uncool? Do you think your coolness level with your kids is on the rise, on the decline? Oh, it's for sure on the decline. I think I started out life pretty decently cool and have just fallen off an absolute cliff as I sure. have kids and and get older. I am, I'm sure the utmost embarrassment to both of my children who want nothing to do with me in public. So it's great. Yeah. Already, but they're so little. <laughs> I know, but it's amazing how early you can embarrass your children. When I was little, my dad used to say that at the office, we as children thought that they would go there to work, but really yeah. they would sit there scheming how to mortify their children. Oh my God. That's so fun. That was his job. That's definitely the kind of thing that my mom would say for sure. My mom had no qualms about embarrassing me at all and definitely took great delight in it. I think like, I think me being embarrassed was the end goal. That's how it felt. I mean, it is the ultimate MO of parents. So I, yeah. I do get it, but it's, it's what makes us stronger. Yes. That's a good point. I understand that. Okay. So you feel that you've peaked though, coolness wise. For sure. <laughs> When I was in high school, I was voted thinks she's best dressed. Thinks she's best dressed? Thinks she's best dressed. That's kind of ice cold. Brutal, like truly vicious. But I think everything has been downhill from there. So there yeah. you go. Nice, nice slice of reality. My superlative in high school was most dramatic <laughs> related to acting in theater, not like I was causing drama. I figured as much. Honestly, a high honor. I'm, I'm proud to know you. I'll take it. They weren't wrong. <laughs> Those Hotchkiss kids. Those Hotchkiss kids. So Ellen, you're a very busy lady and you do have those two precious little angels, but tell me this, how did you spend your last day off? Ooh, well, I just got back from a trip. My family does an annual pilgrimage, I call it, to Nantucket. <laughs> Which is where I thought you were because <laughs> I can't read a calendar. No, no, it's okay. I was there until yesterday. So I say pilgrimage because we sort of like Oregon Trail, Conestoga wagon up to Hyannis, all the <laughs> stuff in the car and Love everyone's sit, sitting contorted in the back seat trying to make sure we have all of our things that we're going to need. Right. Make sure nobody gets scurvy, gingivitis. Totally. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Got to ford a couple rivers. Totally. The dysentery get, situation gets out of control mm -hmm. sometimes. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, nobody died of hemlock or whatever. I'm so happy. We live to tell the tale, which is great. My last day off, I love Nantucket. It just has a very special place in my heart. I've been going yeah. since I was little. To me, the perfect day on the island is to start the day with donuts. <gasps> all good days start. You go to the Downy Flake, you get a chocolate in the hand because otherwise they put it in the box and okay. the chocolate glaze touches the other donuts and okay. you lose the chocolate glaze. So can't have any of that happen. When you say in the hand, that truly sounds like donut slang. Is there like insider donut slang that I'm learning right now? I would tell you, but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> I'll have to make the pilgrimage to Nantucket to see for myself. Alexis, you are cordially invited on the De Silva family vacation to Thank Nantucket. You. Come next year and you will you will get to hear all of the, the donut slang. Anyway, so perfect day. Start with yep. donuts. Yep. Usually do a, a nice bike ride. We, we bike around mm. the island. Go to the beach, which I love. I'm a big beach reader. Although with two kids, it's really hard. Um, mostly making sandcastles these days. Aww. Eating really good seafood and finishing the day with a nice ice cream cone. Honestly, it was the Whoa. perfect day off. 
Yeah. You could win the Miss America pageant right now with that answer. Oh, like, that was so wholesome. Thank you. <laughs> not to get too, uh, maybe too controversial here, but I'm not sure how many carbs and how much sugar these Miss America <laughs> are eating. That's a good point. That's a good point because you have a big sweet tooth, right? I have a huge sweet tooth. It's terrible. Honestly, my dentist is probably having a conniption hearing this, but <laughs> do you think that they listen to the pod? <laughs> I do. I think everyone, I think everyone listens to the pod. This you have to assume pod. that everybody you listens. You shouldn't say anything that you don't want people to hear. That's for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, if you're listening to this, it's only fruits and vegetables. Right. Exactly. Okay. So we got a donut in the hand. There was a big yeah. family bike ride. When we say family, are we talking like a full De Silva fam? How many bikes are hitting the tarmac? It is a full De Silva fam bike situation. So wow. I have my parents, my two sisters. Oftentimes they come with a friend or so to the oh island. My, my husband, we stick one of the kids on the back of the bike. And then my, oh. my little guy is only three months old, Theodore. He's very sweet. Um, but he is not sturdy enough. Yeah, not sturdy. But he's not sturdy <laughs> enough to sit on the back seat. So somebody inevitably stays home. And I huh. won't call out any names, but there there is one De Silva family member that enjoys biking less I than the rest see. of the De Silva family I members. Um, and so that's okay. She's amazing. That's good. But she stays home. With, but with she Teddy. stays home. But that's great because it's like division of labor. Totally. And the rule with biking in my family, my mom is super fit. And the rule, especially among guests, is you cannot outpace Peggy on her bike. She's always out in front. That's she's in amazing shape. She's like, she's doing her thing. We do this, what we call the tour to tuck it. It's <laughs> like basically a, a lap around the island. That's so cute. It's great. It's, it's a 20 mile bike ride. Please let Peggy know that I would never outpace her on a bike. I can guarantee you of that. I promise that I will be a great participant in the De Silva family Oregon Trail pilgrimage to Nantucket. Alexis, you're definitely invited. I know. And now I'm just saying it on the pod so that it's official. That You know, if you say it on the pod, it's real. That's how you know. Totally. That's why my dentist is not listening anymore. That's right. Okay. That's like a really beautiful day off. Full on Americana, Thanks. East Coast Americana mm -hmm. summer living. Ellen, question for you. Do you have a catchphrase or some other words or phrases that people associate with you? Ooh. Well, my life motto is you don't get what you don't ask for. Ooh, love. Which may come off as a little millennial because I feel like we all think we deserve everything all the time. But mm. the under message there, I'm very, very impressed by my mother who has spent her career in finance, long time in private equity in a, in a space where there just aren't that many women. And I've, I've watched her trailblaze right. an amazing career path. One that yeah. I certainly admire tremendously. Yes. A lot of her success was just constantly being ruthless about asking for what she needed and, and, and pushing that. the bounds there. And so I have emulated or tried to emulate a lot of her directives by living life by that motto. Yeah. And by even taking a little dip into finance, if I remember correctly. A micro dip, like a, a, like a kiddie pool dip. The only reason that I know that or that I would bring it up is that I saw on Twitter that you have a Lehman Brothers hat. And that brought me a lot of joy. <laughs> there are a few things better in our year 2021 yes. than retired investment banking swag. Like how Truly. gauche is it to wear a Lehman Brothers cap? It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, it was tweet worthy. Obviously you were right to tweet that. I was like, God damn. Yes. I got like, funny engagement. I would say there were a bunch of outraged former bankers who thought I was making a mockery of them, which I absolutely was. PSA. I hope yeah. you're listening. <laughs> 
So you're like, okay, yeah, you were right. <laughs> yeah. And I will kill any career prospects of going back into investment banking, but you know, not, not really a profession that I saw myself in. I actually interned at Lehman Brothers in 2008. Oh my God. So uh, you're oh welcome for the, That's the collapse. Amazing. Not to connect the dots, but I'm just saying one thing happens and then another thing happened. I can't comment, but I I was an intern there <laughs> for a few weeks. Covered under NDA. It was an agreement totally. in the settlement. <laughs> so the comments on that tweet were so funny because half of them were these outraged bankers and then the other half were dying to know where I had this hat custom made. <gasps> they thought you had a hat made? Yeah, I mean, the Gen Z people, man, like they just... They thought you made an ironic Lehman Brothers cap? They did, which I'm flattered that anybody would think I'm that clever. I would definitely think that you were that clever, but I can't see you spending your precious time on doing that. I would not, but yes. <laughs> I, was, I was honored that people thought I it was so ironic. It couldn't possibly be real. Yeah, that's really amazing. <laughs> wow. Okay. So that all comes from you don't get what you don't ask for. And in, in this case, if somebody asked me for the Lehman Brothers hat, name your price. Yeah. And for example, if you don't want your donut to touch other donuts, you better ask for that donut in the hand. Yes. Alexis, you're learning so quickly. This is amazing. <laughs> I'm ready for Nantucket. Please let Peggy know. Great. Just, just get those reds out. Yeah, exactly. Is there a fad that could be something fashion or workout or cultural or whatever that you look back on participating in that now makes you a little cringy? Okay. So when I was in second grade, oh, we are going way far back deep. We're going love, deep. So love. when I was in second grade, I will not share with you when that was, but I'm going to just <laughs> date myself tremendously in a year. <laughs> in, a, in a year prior to the millennium. My mother brought me home a Tamagotchi from Japan from a business mm. trip. And this was before Tamagotchis had really hit in the States. I loved this thing. I thought wow. it was the coolest, quirkiest toy of course. ever. What color was it? Hot blue with yellow oh. buttons, <gasps> which was just beautiful. Iconic. Iconic. It had one of those, you know, those little metal chains that comes at the end of a nail clipper? Yes. It kind of had one of those and I would attach it to my backpack. Of course you would. You got to keep a sharp eye on those things. That's right. And if, if that Tamagotchi has pooped, you must know so you can change. Absolutely its right. Imminently. Diaper or else or it Imminently. will let you know. It gets hungry. The thing complains. Anyway, I loved this Tamagotchi dearly. And when I got to, I, it was my first summer after school going to summer camp. And I met who is now one of my best friends, but another girl who also had a Tamagotchi and was Aww. obsessed. And so the two of us, instead of, I mean, I'm sure we were forced to play sports and whatever as, sure, as sure, much sure. as two scrawny Jewish girls were obliged <laughs> to do, but we would sit there on the sides playing with our Tamagotchis and we loved them. Yes. She kept hers alive at one point for 32 consecutive days. That is a true lifetime in Tamagotchi years. It is. I mean, I don't even know how she did it. That thing lived a full life. It lived a full life. She actually has a son who's the same age as Theodore. And she's an amazing mom now. So I, I feel like it translates. A hundred percent. I mean, I was yeah. going to say, I, I can only imagine that, what do you think? 60, 70% of your maternal skills comes from rearing that Tamagotchi? Yes, I, I, I do think so. And that was my only preparation. So it's it was really formidable. Absolutely. And Alexis, I have a fun coda to the story. So my my two best girlfriends from summer camp, I went there for years. It was called Point of Pines. We love Point of Pines. Shout out to my peakers, 2003. Yep. Do we think they listen to the pod? 
I think everyone listens to the pod. Okay. So okay. I, do. <laughs> I love you. Said we're just operating under this assumption. Shout out to Ellen's peakers who are listening to the pod. Definitely. So my, my two best girlfriends from camp are extremely funny and they've got a great sense of humor. So when I was getting married many years ago, mm-hmm. they found on, I don't know, some, some like the deep part of the deep web, they found Tamagotchis. Oh my God. They, they got all of all three of us Tamagotchis as, as grown 20 something women. Oh, that is so sweet. And it was so funny. So we had this competition to see who could keep the Tamagotchi alive the longest, which let me tell you, it's a really cute look when you're under your desk at work trying to feed a (laughs) virtual pet. But now it's with NFTs and crypto kitties and whatever. It's like maybe not that weird anymore. Well, I think that I'm starting to understand better how you caused the financial collapse. You were supposed to be interning and instead (laughs) under the desk is a Tamagotchi (laughs) beeping away. (laughs) But yeah, basically. So that's been my life. Um, no, so I, <laughs> I like that you're like, ha, 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 ha. I could never confirm or deny such a thing. <laughs> we were keeping this topic after that. I mean, I had a business trip that I was being sent on. Yeah. I knew that I could not in good faith take the Tamagotchi with me because that was weird. And I think David, yeah. my husband was, was also going on some kind of business trip. Sure. You couldn't just like send the Tamagotchi with him. It would have been a little weird. I think if somebody yeah. had asked him, Hey, what are you doing what with this piece of doing? plastic that's beeping? And he's like, I'm keeping my wife's Tamagotchi alive. <laughs> I do kind of love the idea, though, of hearing David have to explain what he's doing with a Tamagotchi to someone. He's a saint, and I'm certain he would have done it, but I, I was, yes. I was not going to let him let him bear that flag. So I put an ad on Craigslist requesting oh my a Tamagotchi God. babysitter, and I got so many responses as one would think in the San Francisco Bay area you would get, which was so funny. Wait, that is like the most Ellen De Silva thing I could possibly imagine. I think, (laughs) well, you, again, theme of the day, you don't get what you don't ask for. And you needed a Tamagotchi babysitter. That's right. If you need a Tamagotchi babysitter, post it on Craigslist because you will be shocked at what you can find. So what ended up happening? Did you win? Ooh, sad news. The Tamagotchi died the day before no. I was supposed to leave on my trip. Ellen, how could you? I know. And Juliet was very sad because she had sent me all of her credentials. I think she was like 18. Oh my God. I was going to drop the Tamagotchi at her house. A Tamagotchi babysitter. I did. I did. And and you want to know the kicker? This was, yes. this was like many, many years ago before Bitcoin was really as valuable as it is today, shall we say? <laughs> And sure, we can say that. I had some, she had this, this young, enterprising woman had somehow convinced me to let her get paid Bitcoin. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. But sadly, the transaction never happened because the Tamagotchi died. Wow. I think the price of Bitcoin was like $200. So I was just oh going to give her a coin. Yeah. Would have been one of the worst financial mistakes I had made, but not worse than collapsing Lehman Brothers. No, that's correct. I know someone yeah. that used Bitcoin to buy a fake ID online. No way. <laughs> and so that today, that would have been a very expensive fake identification. It would have. And if that person's still under 21, then I think maybe we have some more questions. Yes. No. <laughs> Definitely not. Oh my God. That's amazing. Oh. Well, Ellen, we talked a little bit about your beautiful family. Is there anything that your De Silva family did growing up that at the time you thought was normal and then later you realized was a little strange? Oh, totally. Okay. So my parents lived in Tokyo before they had kids. And they both speak Japanese. Do they really? They do. Because I have a face for radio for people who do not know me or my family. 
we are Caucasian New Yorkers, you know, not <laughs> not native Japanese speakers. Yeah. It's like a strong Upper West Side Westchester vibe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> if, if you have never seen me before, just, just envision the New York Jew that I am and that my family is. By the way, I'm not letting you get away with the face for radio comment, but know that I heard it and I felt, mm, okay, sure. And then we're moving on. It's not going unremarked upon. That's not <laughs> happening on my show. Sorry. I'm going to, I'm going to slip it under the rug. <laughs> You thought you were going to get that one right by me. And I said, no, ma'am, that is not happening. Okay, so anyway, we've established the De Silva family, strong Upper West, Westchester vibes. It's unexpected that they would know how to speak Japanese. Exactly. So my parents, especially when we were little, when they didn't want us to know what they were talking about, would speak this mashup between Japanese, English. They'd like really? throw some other words of, of other languages. Yes. And I thought it was totally normal. Even though I don't speak a word of Japanese, I kind of figured sure. out what they were saying. But I thought it was totally normal that they would like throw in these random slang terms here and there. Yeah, that you totally couldn't understand. But it all came to a head when my sister got an F on a Spanish exam because she used a word that my dad had been using for years that was like a Spanglish term, but it wasn't oh my a God. Spanish word. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So anyway. Which sister? It was Nancy, who is the funniest human being on the planet. And she... She totally played it off. I think my dad had to write a letter to the teacher or something oh explaining why she had used it. That's amazing. Is Nancy the youngest? And then Emily's in the middle? Yeah, exactly. So we're all exactly two years apart. Oh, precious. Yes, Emily is two years behind me. And then Nancy is four years behind me, two years behind Emily. We all have this, this kind of like amalgamated language that we spoke when we were little. And I thought it was totally normal, but I realized that half these words are not real words and nobody had any idea what anyone was talking about. Yeah, that's definitely unusual. Did you ever try to use one of those words in conversation with people outside of your family? Mm, well, David has done a really dutiful job of, of starting to pick things up. Nice. Instead of saying freshly squeezed orange juice, we always said freshly squozen. <laughs> and David, God bless him. I think he thought it was a real word and he used oh it my one God. time in public and someone said, I think you mean squeezed. That is so funny. Wait, I love yeah, squeezing. <laughs> it's a good word. It's, it's so cute. Thin. I would much rather say freshly squeezing. <laughs> it sounds like it was squeezed through like a flash freezing process. Oh, that's a good point. Like frozen. Actually, wow. I didn't even think about that. I When I think of freshly squeezing, I think of a very manual process. I picked oh. the orange. I squeezed it with my hand, right. my I bare hands. It. There was, I squoze it. Yeah. I'm thinking linguistically, it's like freezes to froze, squeezes to squoze. Alexis. And yes. this is why you are the linguistics master. <laughs> I, I am just a peon. Wow. Freshly squoze. And well, I'll be saying that for the rest of my life. <laughs> Guess that's just how that has to go. Ellen, what's the tiniest hill you're willing to die on? Something very inconsequential that you would totally go to bat for. This is probably the weirdest thing about me, but I don't eat fruit that has touched other fruit. Okay. For example, a yeah. fruit salad is probably my worst nightmare. If you've got the apples sliced next to the grape slice, next to the strawberry slice, next to the melon slice. Sure. I will not go within a 10 mile radius of that situation. Okay. I cannot. To me, the concept of fruit touching other fruit, extremely weird. Okay. I will die on that hill. <laughs> Let's dive in. I have what could only be described as many questions. Okay. First question. Do you like all of these fruits in isolation? I 
do like most fruits in isolation. I'm not a melon gal, but like, give me a good berry. Give me a good apple. I do like them in isolation. Okay. So what if it's just a bowl of fruits that you like? No, 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 no. no. If the juices have touched each other, it is desecrated. Okay. So there's no intermingling of the juices. There is no intermingling of the juices. To me, that is just blasphemy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. However, Mm -hmm. notable exceptions please. The skin is still on it. So if you have a bowl of okay. a whole apple yes, and a whole orange and a whole banana, oh, and like the skins just are like still fruit on. in a bowl though. Yeah. Just like, yeah. And that's okay. <laughs> but if they've been opened in any way, okay. they cannot touch each other. Okay. If they've been exposed. <laughs> okay. Okay. So like yeah. normal bowl of fruit, fine. But then apples cut up with let's say grapes and blueberries, not okay. No, definitely not okay. okay. That is just revolting to me. Is the donut thing that you don't want the donuts to touch other donuts? Or is it just you don't want the glaze to come off? I've never <laughs> psychoanalyzed that. So maybe it's time for some therapy. But maybe. Okay. That's more of a like not wanting to waste one single morsel of the chocolate, of the chocolate. glaze. Okay. Because you're a big chocolate it's lover. Coconut. Yeah. And like chocolate and coconut would be a great combination. But just, oh, like strawberries and raspberries and blueberries all touching each other. It's a no. Okay. Mm -mm. I have have many more questions. Do you drink smoothies? Not really. Is it because of the fruit thing? Yeah, I guess a smoothie, like a mango lassi that's just mango with other stuff in it would be okay. But the idea of a lot of different fruits blended together. Very commingled. Yeah. No, no. no. Mm -hmm. Okay. What if the fruits are cooked a la a fruit tart? I am saying yes to that with an asterisk. I will do berries that are mixed together. Okay. So strawberry, blueberry, raspberry tart. We would accept that. We would accept that. In fact, I will give you my address after the show. If you want to drop one off, I'm amenable. As soon as I said it out loud, I was reminded that Whole Foods does an amazing berry tart. Do they? Yeah. Is that your favorite berry tart? Or are you more of like a farm stand berry tart kind of gal? Definitely prefer a farm stand berry tart mm. every time. But mm. I I just know that I've had it from Whole Foods before and it was delicious. But seeing as we're both on the Upper West Side, there are myriad pastry options better than Whole Foods around here. A good berry tart is excellent. I will definitely give you that. But for example, a peach raspberry pie, yeah. not my thing. Well, pie's different though, because pie, they're very very together smooshed it's true it's true a a peach raspberry tart and that's pushing the bounds okay if it were plated in front of me yeah i'm not ever gonna say no to a dessert so i'll take it Hmm. but it wouldn't be my first choice but if the fruits are raw yeah and the juices are touching each other that's not okay i cannot that's not okay that's unacceptable all right well now i know this about you i've never heard of anyone (laughs) (laughs) who feels this way. Do you know of anyone else that feels like this? I do not. And I really hope that since the entire world listens to this podcast, somebody can clue me into some subreddit. Never fruiters. Yeah. Never fruiter. (laughs) (laughs) Always fresh. Never squozen. That's (laughs) okay. If you are listening to this episode of non-technical and you're thinking, yes, I feel that way too. Please tell us on Twitter. I'd love to know to meet you. I know. Please, if you feel this way, come over to my house and we will eat. No, 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 Ellen. We don't invite internet strangers to your house. You don't invite internet strangers to your house. (laughs) You say, send me a tweet. Send me a tweet. Okay, let's cut that. Send me a tweet. (laughs) 
Though, to be fair, the way that you and I met, which is through your middle sister, Emily, was you guys offering to send me a cake when we had never met. I think maybe we're too accepting, although this is really one of my favorite pandemic stories. So for those who don't know, I know Alexis through my sister, Emily, as she just said. And the way we discovered that is my husband and I were obsessing over your viral video that started at the beginning of the pandemic of of how to talk to people on Zoom. And so we, we were laughing hysterically. And my husband and I agreed that we just felt a kindred spirit with you, Alexis. And so we were looking on LinkedIn as, you know, the natural (laughs) place to see who your social graph is connected to. So funny. We discovered that our lone mutual contact was my middle sister, Emily, which shocked me that she would know somebody so cool. And I did not also (laughs) know that person. Well, we went to college together. It's true. So I texted Emily at probably three in the morning and said, how do you know Alexis Gay? To make a long story short, she had mentioned that you went to college together. And I texted her back immediately saying, please tell Alexis that we have some cake for her for my older son's first birthday. (laughs) And we would like to bring her cake. And Emily said, that is extremely weird. I will not do that. Sure. And now Alexis and I are great friends. So I was going to say, I got that text and it was like, hey, Alexis, like long time, no talk. My sister and her husband just found your videos and just really wanted you to know that they would like to bring you some cake. Sorry if this is weird or something like that. And I was like, this is an amazing text. I would love to be friends with these people. We still haven't had the cake, but now maybe it should be a tart question mark. Oh, great question. Well, in my family, we have a tradition Everybody gets a German chocolate cake for their birthday. It started with my grandmother. Are you guys German? Why German chocolate? Fun fact, German chocolate cake is not from Germany. The baker who (gasps) invented it was surnamed German. You are kidding me. No, it is German's possessive chocolate cake. But it has gotten truncated. Ellen! I know. You're just going to drop this bomb on me right now? I had no idea. That is a fun fact baby. That's a hot take. Given the people what they want, our millions of listeners are salivating over this hot take right now. Wow. I love that. That's amazing. German chocolate cake, a very, very American food. I I truly can't believe that. 1950s, put two sticks of butter and eight cups of sugar in a bowl and you got something good. So we, we have this tradition of making German chocolate chocolate cake mm-hmm. for everyone's birthday, and we wanted to continue it. It was peak COVID. It was yep. mid-April yep. at my son's first birthday party. Obviously, nobody wanted to see each other, so we had to bake him the cake, but the three of us, one of whom was 15 pounds, a we're babe. not going to finish this whole cake. <laughs> a babe, a mere babe. Uh, we're not going to finish this whole cake. So naturally, my instinct was to share it with Alexis. I I love that. We have ample birthdays in the future for you to have. Whose birthday is next? My birthday is next. When's your birthday? November. We have a long time, but we have a lot of spring birthdays in the rear view. Oh, okay. That's true. November. Gosh, that is sort of coming up quick. Actually, it reminds me, funnily enough, after that cake situation, and then after you joined me as a co-host of my Clubhouse talk show on Housing Around for several months, you and I know each other because you asked me to do a fundraiser for the Biden-Harris campaign. And the fun fact is that I was sitting in this exact chair at my best friend Sarah's parents' house when I did that fundraiser. 
Oh my gosh. I, you know, I thought the background looked a little familiar, but I guess, I guess our listeners will not be able to have that, uh, I know. Have that context. Alexis, you did us such a favor. We were really honored. I guess I, I don't really want to get political on this podcast, but I felt very strongly <laughs> that it was a good use of time to contribute to the 2020 election. Take I that agree. as you will. Uh, and so we were, we were honored that Alexis gave a little Ted talk of sorts. Oh my God. I was honored. I was like me. <laughs> Like, okay. I was the biggest turnout. I think- oh gosh. We had so much fun. So much fun. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. But I was sitting right here and then the next day we all had coffee and we really cemented the friendship. And we did. And it was a very, very special moment Hold- holding those umbrellas up over oh, our right, heads. Oh, right. At Blue we- Bottle. It was freezing and Aww. cold. That was almost a year ago. Wow. I can't believe it. Wow. So Ellen, what is something non-work related that you're really proud of? Honestly, my kids... Being Aww. a parent is extremely hard, but yes, very, very gratifying. Yep. And even after all of your Tamagotchi training, can you imagine how hard it would be if you hadn't done that? I don't know how anyone parents without having kept a Tamagotchi alive. Yeah, my kids are great. They're really, they're granted, they're young, uh, mm-hmm. but Spencer and Theodore are extremely kind, sweet. Yeah surprisingly socially adjusted considering they're COVID babies. Oh, and I'm, I'm really proud of the people they're turning into. I, it's by far and away my proudest accomplishment. That's so sweet. Well, I mean, of course they're sweeties. You plus David, obviously you're going to pop out Aww. some sweet little kids. <laughs> well, it really, it, it takes a village. And I think yeah. something that I have learned from this experience is that who you surround yourself with makes a very, very big impact on who your kids are and how they turn out. And we feel yeah. very fortunate that we've surra- been able to surround ourselves with wonderful, loving, smart, ambitious people totally. who take good care of them and take good care of us. Yeah. And it, I think that's something, and you and I have talked about this before just in life, but I think that's something that at every stage in your life, it's good to take stock and consider. Like, who am I surrounding myself with? How am I bringing energy to those relationships? What energy is being brought to those relationships? I think at least personally, it's something I always sort of try to think about a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, thank God we met because you're you're very much one of those people. Yay. I know. I feel very lucky that we met. Okay. So tell me this. If you weren't doing what you do now professionally, biz dev, hims and hers, et cetera, angel investing, what would you be doing? I would definitely be a weeknight chef, I call it. So I, I okay. used to host this, this bit on Clubhouse. Well, I, I love to cook. It is a great joy to me to be able to create something out of nothing. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs feel that way. People mm-hmm. who, who maybe build with their hands feel that way. Mm-hmm. But to me, crafting something in the kitchen out of seemingly disparate ingredients is, is a very gratifying thing. Mm. And actually I used to host this clubhouse show called what's in your fridge yes. where I would have people come on, upload a photo of their, the contents of their refrigerator. Yep. And we would go through and figure out what can you make with those random string beans and onions and peppers you have in your sure. fridge. To me, it's like a Tetris board or a puzzle of sorts that you need to figure out. And so I guess if I weren't doing the whole tech thing, that would be of serious interest. What does it mean to be a weeknight chef? Oh, I'm not about to get technical. I mean, if anything, I am, quote, non-technical. <laughs> name of the show. We love name it. Name of the show. Bam. Maybe maybe I just uh, named the episode. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> but somebody who can be pragmatic, can okay. 
you know, make something that does not necessarily involve years of technique. What's the whole Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hours thing. You know, I'm not, I'm not telling you that you need to make sure that the skin on your salmon is perfectly crisped in the right way. Sure. Sure. There's there's a pragmatism to being a weeknight chef. I just, I love that. Did you come up with that term? I did. (gasps) I love it. Wait, I love it. Oh my God. I really thought this was a thing like in donut, donut in the hand, a weeknight chef. The fact that my parents have just been making up words forever. I'm starting to see where you get it. Well, Ellen, this next question is a two-part question. Who would play you in a movie about your life? And should this movie be a biopic? So birth to current present day, or should we focus in on a particular chapter of your life? Okay. So if I could choose, even though the likeness maybe isn't there so much, I would sure. love Kristen Wiig to play me. I love it. In a focused, very condensed period of my life, which is the period of my life in which I learned how to drive. Okay. And I will tell you. Please. This would be a combination of a thriller and maybe like a psychodrama because okay. I'm literally the world's worst driver. Oh no. Do you have a driver's license right now? Legally, according Le- to the state of New York, I am licensed <laughs> you to You are drive. legally allowed to drive. <laughs> I feel like maybe I should tweet before I get on the road so all other drivers can get Can just road. maybe pull over. Yeah, totally. I am terrible. I try very hard. I pay attention. I'm not distracted. I just, I, I'm missing the gene yeah. that allows you to be a good driver. Sure. Maybe my hand-eye coordination is terrible. Like I'm, you know, terrible at sports I, and I think stuff. driving is hard when you didn't grow up doing it a lot. Like I didn't drive a lot because I went to boarding school and then I lived in Manhattan and then San Francisco. So when I drive, I have to pay attention for sure. There are other people who act like it's no big deal. And I'm like, hey, please don't talk to me. I'm making a right-hand turn. I know. Well, there, there are people who say, oh, driving is what relaxes me. It is oh so my God. cathartic to get behind ah. a vehicle. No. Driving to me is the single most stressful activity that one can engage in. And so I think focusing a just totally like uncut gem style stress <laughs> movie of the village it took to teach me how to drive played yes. by Kristen Wiig would be a, a, a great comedic feat of our time. Okay, so it's like a thriller comedy, though. True, true. Okay, and who taught you how to drive? Who else is in the movie? Like a combination of the random driver's ed instructors from Formula One driving school in the Bronx and my mom. I uh, told me that she was never going to get in the car with me again. <laughs> oh my God. So it, it really didn't end well. And the kicker is I passed my road test on the first try. Wow. Ellen, that's kind of unbelievable. I, I did not. <laughs> it took me to, I was, I got my, I, in Connecticut. You know, maybe they're just super strict. Those, those Connecticut driving instructors. I know. And all I did was run a stoplight in a parking lot. I don't know <laughs> what the big deal was. I can't imagine why. Jeez, uptight much. And it's just a stop sign. Remember they used to give you points like, oh, you know, you get dinged points. You can't do more than five things wrong, but I did. And you, the fact that you remember those five things is pretty telling. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, because I was so sad. That was such a failure. Remember when you were 16? Like, oh my, or maybe 15 whenever you get your permit. I was so sad. Okay, what was the experience? Like, you know how you get dropped off from your road test? Because legally, I think you can't drive until the license comes a few days later. So what was the experience like when you got dropped off 
the first test. This is so crazy. I haven't thought about this in so long, but I remember that there was a boy at the testing place also taking his driver's test that I thought was very cute. (laughs) And then when I went back, he was there again because he had also failed his test. It was meant to be. I know. Where is that guy? Oh, Where is he now? Dude, is, I don't I mean, know. Is he your soulmate? Oh I feel God. like we exchanged numbers. Like maybe there was some T9 texting involved. Is this why I failed, by the way? <laughs> was I distracted? Were you T9 texting while you were driving? I guess if I had done that, I would understand why they couldn't give me my license that day. Wow, I I truly have not thought about that in so many years. That's so funny. Well, we can only assume, Ellen, that he's listening to the show right now. Of course. So, hey there, mystery man. If you are out there... Please mm-hmm. contact us. Do not come to our homes. Please contact no, please us do via not. Twitter. <laughs> but only contact me and Ellen together. If you try to reach out to just me, it's going to be a no. Ellen is a part of this now. Please let us know if you got your driver's license because there yeah, needs we- to be a, at least <laughs> one good driver. That's right. In the relationship. That is correct. Wow. I could not agree more. That's amazing. Ellen, we're going to take a really quick break and then we'll be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is brought to you by Bets Connect, a recruiting platform unlike any other. Whether you're looking to hire the best go-to-market talent or looking for your next opportunity, Bets can help. Bets has spent more than a decade building relationships with the world's most innovative companies and professionals. And for the first time ever, you can access this network with Bets Connect. As the only go-to-market recruiting platform built by recruiters and powered by recruiters, Connect enables you to search through a network of vetted go-to-market professionals actively looking for their next opportunity and make better hires faster. In addition, Bets Connect clients the ROI within 90 days. Plus, if you're looking for your next big opportunity, you can join the Bets Network and get connected with the world's most innovative companies that are looking to hire go-to-market professionals like you. Learn more about hiring top talent or finding your next role at BetsRecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Ellen Da Silva, the head of business development at Hims and Hers. Ellen Da Silva, we've arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of non-technical. Oh my God. Okay. Do you know where we are? The lightning round. The lightning round. Woo! Yeah, baby. Let's do it. Okay. Tell me this. Coffee or tea? I'm about to blow your mind. More than the fruit thing? (laughs) More than the fruit thing. I don't drink either. What do you mean? Okay. So my fun fact is I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. I've never had coffee. I really, I don't. The idea that you can get as much stuff done as you get done and you don't drink coffee it's not that it pains me because I'm happy for you, but I'm confused. You know what I mean? You are welcome to dive in here because I know you have your beautiful coffee Instagram. I love coffee. I grew up in a house with no coffee drinkers, so I was never surrounded by it. Yeah. What about tea? Mom and my sister drink tea, but not like nobody, nobody wakes up and requires the caffeine. I'm just a water in the morning kind of gal. Wow. If I do go to a coffee, like, Alexis and I have met at many a coffee shop. Yes, if I do go to a coffee shop, my my beverage of choice is the beverage of choice of most four year olds. I am a big hot chocolate fan. I love hot chocolate. Yeah, that's so cute. (laughs) That is so cute. Oh my god! If you see me bopping around with a warm beverage in my hand, I assure you, it is just a hot chocolate. (laughs) That's adorable. Do you have a favorite board game? I really love Monopoly Deal. But my favorite board game ever is actually a board game that I made. 
So my sister Nancy and I have this shtick where for our birthdays, we give each other gifts with our faces on them. So for <laughs> Nancy's birthday, she receives a gift with my face on it. That's and adorable. for my birthday, I receive a gift with Nancy's face on it. Okay. Not to go too far down the rabbit hole, but I have gotten her a calendar where every day of the year, all 365 days were different pictures of my face. That's amazing. The shtick is it has to be ugly photos. Yeah, sure. I think probably three or four years ago, I made, handmade, a Settlers of Catan board game, but I called it the De Silva's of Catan, oh and I God. rejiggered the whole game so that each tile had our, our family's faces on them. I made the corresponding cards. Every single piece had my face on it. That's amazing. Wait, Ellen, you're an artiste. That is incredible. Thanks. It's how I spend my free time. I can't believe you can do all that and you don't drink coffee. That's really incredible to me. It's powered by hot chocolate. So have you guys all played together, the De Silva's of Catan? We have. And I, I have to win because my face is on every piece. Yeah, 100%. But it's really, you know, everyone else gets to stare at your beautiful face. So it's like they all won too. That face for radio. That face. <laughs> Ellen, when you make the bed, do you use a top sheet or no top sheet? Is no top sheet a thing? I yeah. always use a top sheet. I actually didn't really think about that. My mind was blown many, many years ago. First of all, I thought that people just like something happened to their top sheet. And that's why they didn't have it on their bed. Oh, like it was just in the laundry that day. Yeah, but exactly. They in their bed. Oh, it got misplaced. Like I thought, oh, an incident has occurred. And now you no longer have a top sheet through no fault of your own. And then I've since learned that there are people who straight up don't use the top sheet when they make the bed. Oh my God. No, that is wild. Can you believe that that people can be so diff that the human experience can be so varied as to produce people who do and do not prefer a top sheet? This feels to me like we can sort people out into sheet, top sheet and not top sheet and learn a lot about our personality. Absolutely. You know, I'm very much, I'm by the books. I'm a total nerd. I, I like yeah. do everything by the books. I think that we, we top sheeted up in this house. hundred percent. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, good. Me too. Have you ever read a book twice? No, I'm an avid reader, but life's too short. Never, ever? I've read The Great Gatsby more than once because it is my favorite book. Sure. Oh, I love that book. I have a never-ending list of books that I want to read. I understand. It is hard to re revisit something when there's newness out there to be experienced. True. Plus, I read a lot of fiction. I'm not really a nonfiction gal. And so okay. if you know how the story ends, there's sort of no, no point in reading it again. Do you have a pump-up song? I don't listen to a ton of pump-up music, but okay. I hearken back to a very funny memory. So as we've now well-established, I'm a terrible driver. But my <laughs> sister Nancy and I took this epic road trip across the country when we were, when I was graduating from college and she was graduating from high school. Oh, that's very sweet. So like to get myself pumped up in the car every day, I listened to this song called Giving Up the Gun by Vampire Weekend. I love Vampire Weekend. They're the best. They're these they like really are. dorky Jewish Upper West Side guys. I, I totally vibe I with them. I was going to ask if you had been listening to a lot of Vampire Weekend in Nantucket because whenever I'm on Cape Cod or near there, I all I want to do is listen to Vampire Weekend nonstop. It's totally the vibe. I, I completely get it. So that we would listen to it in the morning and totally psych ourselves out for that. And now it's kind of become this running joke in my family of this song. So go with that as my pump up song. If you were like going to do a big talk or something, would you listen to giving up the gun to get like yeah. excited about it? Okay. Do that and like power pose big. Power pose, have a hot chocolate and listen to giving up the gun. <laughs> Ellen's three-step system. <laughs> Okay, Ellen, I have one more question for you. What would you title your memoir? My memoir would be titled Breakfast Desserts. It's 
a little bit outside the lines. I love it. Wait, what does that mean though? Okay, so here's here's what breakfast desserts mean. Breakfast is not typically a meal in which one eats dessert, although I very much, <laughs> I think as we've established, eat dessert yes, after every meal true. including snacks. But I think breakfast desserts is a little, you know, it's, it's a little quirky. Yeah. It's coloring outside the lines just a bit. Yes. So that, you know, you're, you're getting something that if you ask for it, Yes. You'll get it, but it's not standard fare. Oh, I love it, but it's delicious and it's fun and it's joyful. Oh my God. That's perfect. Thanks. That's a great memoir title. Are you going to write a memoir? I'll read it. You've already written one book. How hard? How Uh, hard is it? Just write another book. (laughs) You know, super, super easy. Yeah. We have the title. That's like 80% of the work at least. So that's right. Okay. I'll just whip it out next week. I'll I'll email to you next week. We'll celebrate with some breakfast desserts. (laughs) I love it. In case anybody's wondering, my breakfast dessert of choice is a blackout chocolate donut. From oh that sounds the donut so plant. Good. It's amazing. That sounds really good. Okay, maybe we should get donuts this week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or the Done. cake. Or the tart. We have a lot of plans. We're gonna have to have a lot of desserts. I think we have a lot of uh sweet treats to consume over the Yay! next couple of days. <laughs> we love it. Ellen, thank you so much for joining me on non-technical. It is my pleasure. What a joy to get to spend this time with you, Alexis. What a joy. What a sweet treat indeed. Where can people find more about you online? Definitely Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Ellen J. De Silva on Twitter. Although, fun fact, I do own at Ellen, but I don't yes. think from it. I can't, which it boggles the mind. Someday we need to get at Ellen in the mix. <laughs> we can discuss. We can definitely discuss the alter ego. Absolutely. And you can find me at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram or at Non-Technical Pod on Twitter. One more time, Ellen. Truly a joy, a pleasure, a sweet treat indeed. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Alexis. <laughs> 